Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 34 of the Sunfire Tavern. God, we've done 34 episodes of this thing. Our podcast for gamers and geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies and TV. With me, Ollie, and my co-host Clark, discussing the hot topics from the week. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Oh, and feel free to email us with your questions through sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Hello, Clark. How are you doing, buddy? Ooh. I'm good. Well, I'm tired, but good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, you know? Uh, just finished a long day of meetings, and I'm prepared to talk some more for an hour about video games and TV and movies. Yeah. That's what we're here for. That's, exactly. that's what we're here for on the Sunfire Tower. In, no, in, we're supposed to be telling we're sitting in a tavern, aren't we? Yes, we are actually. Oh, you know, this is a, uh, I mean, I really could do with a drink being. I, being I could do with sitting in a tavern right now, to be honest. Yeah, like, that would be fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, so let's uh, get straight into the agenda for the, what we've got. We've got um, E3 predictions. We've got time Ooh. splitters coming yeah. back, potentially. Which is, which is very cool, uh, and we've got um, Nintendo's Zelda Amiibo lockout, uh, which will be interesting, and I'm sure we're going to weird anecdotes and things like that. Uh, and then we've got the nostalgia bite of this week, which is memory cards and the cloudless skies of classic gaming. Wow, that's quite quite the phrase right there. Um, but yeah, it's so isn't it? pardon. It's something, isn't it? That is definitely something. I'm trying to get inventive with how I name the agenda, because uh, for for the listeners' um, benefit, I write the agenda each week, and I sometimes write ridiculous things as notes like um, Nostalgia Bite, Memory Cards, and the Cloud of Skies of Gaming, or mm. um, you know, Nintendo sues Bowser, which is a great one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so here we are. We're here. We're here. All right. And we're live. So, Clark, what have you been playing and watching this week, so not much has changed this week for me. Like it's it's been a bit of a hectic week. So when I had time to play, I've played a little bit more like Pokemon because I'm I'm doing a so I, for for anyone that plays, I'm um I've tasked myself with getting all of the evolutions, but all of them with perfect stats. Ooh. So I'm breeding and doing all this kind of stuff now, where I'm like effectively just running a bike round in circles for hours on end. Like while I'm sitting in meetings or stuff, um, and trying to hatch perfect stat Pokemon with like hidden abilities and special inherited abilities and stuff, it's 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 like a like a, a weird side project I picked up and I've got quite into it now. I'm quite enjoying doing it, so that's fun. So I've been doing that. Uh, I just got Phoenix Rising, Immortals Phoenix Rising on uh, PC because wow. there's a huge sale on the Epic Store this week. Um, they've actually bought their voucher system back as well, which means you can get Immortals for £15. So the actual sale price, I think, is advertised at 25 And then when you get to the cash register, you get an additional £10 added as this voucher thing as well, which is great. So £15 for Immortals, not a bad price at all. Um, what else have I been doing? Uh, I mean, I travelled down to Portsmouth to see my family, so I had a lot of time on the train playing oh, nice. Pokemon Snap. Um, sat with my Switch for a bit, and then I also watched a few more episodes of Shadow and Bone, which is getting better and better. How are you finding very, Pokemon very Snap? Um, it's not great on your own. Like, mm. it's it's kind of a boring game on your own. But when you've got someone to play it with, it's really good fun because you sort of bounce off each other as you play. Yeah. Like you'll 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 do a um, a course. 
you'll take your pictures and then the other person will go and do the course again and take better pictures mm. and like learn how to set them with better angles and stuff and like so like i said i had a date last week where we where we did that and we actually got on really really well as we were like kind of trying to one-up each other yeah uh, which was really fun it was very cute as well uh considering like he's not really a gamer uh he got very excited to see that i had pokemon snap and he's like, oh i played that when i was a kid and yeah. then we played it and it was it was good fun um have you been playing it at all uh so I saw I I haven't I didn't play it but I watched some friends play it the other day so uh, Eurovision was this weekend um, oh, yeah. so yeah I went over to a friend's house to watch some Eurovision which was also my first time meeting someone indoors uh, which was Ooh. great fun yeah it was uh, we mm. were, we were we sat down ordered a takeaway played some Switch games caught up and uh, watched Eurovision and it was really great it was awesome. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I was watching them and also I got to see a PS5 for the first time. Jesus Christ, I didn't realize how big a PS5 was. Oh my god. Those what? things are ever present like what? why is it so it's monolithic? Got it's got the flaps as well, which yeah. I just don't understand. Why does it have the flaps? I'm sure there's a reason for it, it's but just... it's awful. It's such a horrible looking console. I'm I'm really not in the hype uh, train for that console. It's just it just looks like Kaiba's jacket from Yu-Gi-Oh, like, and it's just it's so big. I didn't really, you know, and they had a big TV, you know, like I think it was like a fifty-five inch TV, and it was like just looking at this PS Five sitting next to it, and it was just yeah, it was like half the half the vertical. Like it's mental, like, isn't it? It's, it's actually one of the reasons why I don't want one because I don't want that monolith sitting in my living room. Yeah, uh, my console's already big enough. Like my PS Four is big enough. I don't need a PS5. Exactly. Like, I'm telling myself that anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. I just spent £500 on a plumber. Like, yeah. That would have been my PS5. Yeah, so um, so so we used my friend's... How much is the PS5? It's like... like four or 500 quid? 500 like quid, yeah. We used this 500 Ish. quid console to open up BBC iPlayer and watch Eurovision <laughs> on it. Which uh, is, uh, is 10 out of 10. <laughs> It's definitely living out its uh, its life dream then. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Its Intended use, of course, to watch... Uh, no, good, good, good. To watch Iceland's entry, to steal my something. heart, which was, the, that was incredible. That was the group of like five people playing like really poor effortly, but like really well. Is that the one? Oh uh, yeah, like it was like si- yeah, 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 with the blue jumpers and the pixel art. I think yeah. called Daddy, Daddy Freya or something. But yeah, yeah basically, I've, the whole I've, joke I've, is that they're terrible. I've like. become like obsessed with with him and the band like for the past two like, days. He's been listening to he, them. He's actually becoming like some kind of mega star now. Yeah. So he's all over social media, all over Facebook, whatever, blah blah blah. Like it's all I'm seeing is his face. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the entry was was fantastic as well. It's a good song as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what I mean. It's a really good song. It was a really good yeah. performance. Everything. I think it was like perfectly captured, like sort of like awkward nerd energy, but like but like owning it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they, like... they were obviously putting it on. Like it was obviously yeah. fake. But, of course, um... right? Yeah. I mean, I hope it was. Otherwise, that was really well done. Yeah. Um, but like, I actually found some of Eurovision this year. Some of it wasn't terrible, and, and a lot it of was, it was. It was really good, man. I I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. It. I mean, I don't. I haven't sat down and watched Eurovision for a while. But it, you know, like normally you just see acts, which are just you know, it's just very boring. Like it's big, you know, like lots of ballads. But this year there was quite quite a variety of different music, and a lot of the songs are actually like pretty decent. Like it feels like they've gone more of the stage show direction now as well. Yeah, it was entertaining, right? It was, although the UK was just okay. embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we I got literally zero. 
We got literally zero points from the judges and zero points from the audience votes. And I'm not going to lie, we kind of fucking deserve it. Like, we did, we it did was, but also was... don't forget that the scoring system in Eurovision has got nothing to do with the songs. That is true. It is Not also Eurovision is a political thing. Like it's nothing to do with the music. It is heavily political. Don't get me wrong. Also, yes, it's entirely it's like... political. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, Israel getting votes. Right. You know. Anyway, so you yeah. know, um, so with yeah, with the UK getting zero votes, obviously Brexit. But I mean, like, dude, our act was just. It was just so generic and boring. Like the song itself wasn't bad, but it was just because everyone else this year was so good. Like, and no, also, I, I mean, song, so I think the song was bad. I think he had a terrible voice. His clothes didn't fit. Yeah, um, he was he was a big guy, but he was wearing a leather jacket that was like hanging off him in weird places, and it looked odd. Yeah, I don't... And, and like the whole thing just looked like they just kind of pulled him out of the audience like two minutes before the show went on. Can you just sing this song? Yeah, that one you wrote it. Well, that, that was the whole mean. thing you wrote it. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to be mean to the guy, right? Because obviously, you know, he performed and it was like pretty, you know, it was like, you know, medium. It was, it was average, you know, like, a, he did, like it wasn't he did bad. A good and he was also smiling all the way through it as yeah. well, which is difficult to do. So good, good on him there. But also, when you are a celebrity or you put yourself out as an entertainer, you, you, one of your core objectives is you are putting yourself out there to be judged and rated. Exactly, right? That is part of it. Like, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's a thing. You compare that, it was like pretty tame and pretty generic, like pop song, right? And you compare that to like Lithuania, right? You come out with the discotheque song, and it's like yeah, I didn't crazy. Like, I didn't like Lithuania though. But there, there was a lot of them. A lot of them that sounded sounded very similar. Oh, but then again, it's, it's Eurovision. They're they're always like hyper trash songs. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you got you know you got your generic sort of like lots of sort of like people wearing very sparkly sequin dresses yeah. singing just like some generic pop song it's like all right there was, there was the woman with all the smoke on the screen behind her and she kept waving her arms and blowing the smoke away yeah i and that was like what are you doing also like, U- ukraine's performance was literally a boss fight in three phases yeah, which i thought it, was great well, not... that, she was the one that came out in the dress wasn't it in the like she came out in the mobile dress oh no no, no that was russia so so, so oh, U- okay. ukraine was the crazy one who had who had like the tron lights like the tron light discs and then like there was like loads of like trees and stuff and then there was like dust and they picked up like random sand and then dropped it and that was like what powered them up for the next phase of the boss fight kind of thing like <laughs> But, uh, so some of it was really cool. I like yeah. the, the Russian one was the really good example where yeah. that that was just great. Yeah. Like that was entertaining. It was funny, and it was. It, I mean, it was also the dress looked really cool as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Uh, but I mean, this being the Eurovision podcast now. <laughs> I mean, look, look. You know, we're 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 from the UK. We could talk about Eurovision. It was. I think we it's try a big thing. This week, so we need to fill some time. Yeah. <laughs> But what have you been watching and playing this week, Ollie? So Eurovision, obviously that's what I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching Castlevania season three. Uh, sorry, season. I think okay. it's actually. I think it's actually season four. I think I said it was season three last week, but it's season four. Um, that has been thoroughly entertaining. Very much enjoying that. Um, and I'm about five episodes into it, um, which is cool. One of the characters. One of the characters I really liked has done a heel turn, which is uh, always fun. Turn. Yes. Uh, What's a heel turn? A heel turn is when you're a good person, a good guy, and you go bad. Oh, I, I I call those about faces. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, about yeah, faces, yeah. heel turn. Whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what else? Uh, what have I been playing? Oh, there's this great game on Steam. It's a it's just a demo or a pre-release of the game that's come out. It's free. Uh, it's called Unbeatable. It's a um, it's a rhythm oh, game. Pardon? 
It sounds hard. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a it's a rhythm game, which is why it's called un- unbeatable. I mean, actually, it's quite hard in the harder difficulties. But the style of it is like amazing. So it look it's it very much evokes sort of like uh Scott Pilgrim, but like anime aesthetic, and it has the whole like two D sprite work on a three D background kind of thing. Ooh, but in terms of like telling it to me, yeah. But in terms of like the sort of like music, it's about. Uh, so far, as far as I can tell, it's about you being in a band. Like you play as a character called Beat, and you're in a band with different musical named characters. And the character designs are super cool, and the way they've done the text and conversations is also very cool. There's only like one sort of like free roam bit in the beginning, and then you just kind of play through songs. Um, but yeah, it's like the music is fantastic, the FX are fantastic, um, and it's free. So I would say like 100% go go download it on Steam. It's called Unbeatable. Already um, downloading now. Yeah, it's great. Um, so yeah. Uh, what else have I been playing? Oh, I started playing Valorant a little bit with some friends. It's like a casual, yeah, a casual way to catch up with some old friends who were looking for a game that wasn't, you know, we wanted to play a shooter, which was like more accessible to a lot more of of our friend group, but also like something not too serious. So we're playing like the more like casual game modes in Valorant, which has been uh, quite a lot of fun. Um, and then seeing them learn the game. Great serious shooter though. Like it's a, it's a, uh, Counter-Strike clone. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a serious shooter, but we're playing, like, the so there's the more casual versions of it, and it strikes a nice balance for the people who are, like, into competitive games, but don't want to commit too much time and get too sad of, like, you know, like, playing a full competitive match for, like, 90 minutes or something like that, you know, kind of thing. So, um, that's been a nice, uh, balance, uh, strike of balance. Oh, and also, I have been teaching a friend some fighting games. I got them into a game called Tough Love Arena. It's free to play. It's a, you can play it in a browser or on your mobile phone. Um, and it's a sort of like very basic uh, 2D fighter, but it has rollback netcode. So it's like, and it's really fast to get into the game and play. Um, if you're just looking to, you know. 1v1 some pals and dick around in like a very bare bones fighting game i definitely recommend it it's stylized as sort of like you know like a, a kid's like doodles on like a you know sort of like a sketchbook kind of thing i think i've seen it i, I just googled it and I, I think i've seen this before yeah yeah so so the car and the characters are all based off of food so you've got like beef and pork and then you've got onion oh. and garlic and you've got um noodle and I think it's ramen. I forgot the name the other character is, but it might be like spaghetti or something. But um, sounds like a very Ollie game. Yeah, it's very, it's very much a me yeah, game. Yeah. And also, when yeah. when you like punch char- when the characters attack and stuff, they just make like you know like all the sound effects are done through like mouth noises, kind of like you know as if like a kid's watching. It's like, oh, wow. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. which is cool. And yeah, it's really fun. Uh, and you can just get in. Also, the tutorial is fantastic for people who are learning to like learn people who are looking to learn fighting games and stuff as well um and yeah i'd say if you have another like you find another friend who's interested in just dicking around with some fighting games maybe learning it i would 100 percent recommend it as like a very very easy way to get into uh, like a very low barrier to entry way to get into fighting games so yeah that's uh to the name again pardon reminder to the name again toughloverena.com it's on Tough it's a website arena.com yeah. hot, hot fake there from ollie there you go yeah uh it's great um and I th- and obviously you know the usual League of Legends. I feel like I don't really need to say that anymore, but that seems to be no, it's the same as me with Pokemon. Like it's just become a thing now. Yeah. Like, just... um, actually, no, saying that, just what I'm saying. That I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Go as well because for some oh, reason really? that game has sent me back in, and I've been doing the raids. Ah. Oh. So right, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a grumpy old man moan for a second here. All right, here you go. Um, here's your, here's your platform, Clark. Take yeah. it. <laughs> this is where Ollie goes and has a drink. Um, so. The raiding mechanic is where you buy these little, like, tokens that allow you to remotely raid, yeah? Yep. 
but you're not guaranteed to get the Pokemon at the end of it. Okay. You, you, like, the, 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 you're not guaranteed. You have, to, you have to throw and throw and throw and throw, and you might not get it. You see, so you come out of it with nothing, and then spend two ninety nine on literally nothing. That is literally a slot machine, mm. which is being sold to children. And I realized that yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, I hate everything about this now. So, like, is it drop? But like, so you know, you so you're paying. I'm assuming you're paying to enter the raid, right? And then yes, you pay to join the raid, right? And then at the end of the raid, is it a random chance for you to get the Pokemon? Or... So it's supposedly skill based, right? So, so what you do is the raid is you're fighting against the creature you're going to catch. So you pick the raid, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, Xerneas is uh, sorry, Evil Tail is the one that's currently up at the moment, right? Which is this big flappy red bird thing, mm -hmm. and it's one of the legendaries. Uh, it's the le legendary from Pokemon Y, um, right? So. You get to the end of the fight, and it's quite hard to beat the fight, and usually you lose like 10 or so Pokemon, they all die, and you have to revive them. So they don't die, they faint. Um, and then you have, like, however however well you did in the raid, you get an amount of balls that you can use to throw at the raid boss and try and catch it. And you've got all these different ways of throwing a Pokeball. Like, you can spin it and make it curve, or you can throw it up into the center of the circle and get, like, great and excellent throws and whatever. But I don't think there is any part of it that is actually determined by skill. I think it is purely, like... You've got so many raid tokens in a week. Now you can catch the boss. I think that's how it works. I, I, I can't mm. be sure, but I'm really suspicious of this because I've I've bought. I haven't bought. You get you get some of the raid tokens for free. So you get one free every event. And right, I'm only okay. using the free ones. But I've already of, of the three that I've used, I've lost one. Okay, I see. So that 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 to me is a gamble. Like it's a gambling system. Mm. And I don't like that. That's being targeted at children. Like that upsets me immensely. So this is so I was actually having this conversation with my uh, flatmate the other day regarding mobile games and how they monetize uh, sort of power ups and things like that. So you know, like when you have like in um, games, you know, you have like consumable power ups, right? So you're like here, you're saying you but you have to buy these raid tokens with money, and you don't get them back, right? It's a consumable object. That's correct. Yep. Yeah, like. Is it gambling? So, so this is it. So, I guess you're so, so from what you. It sounds like what you're saying. It sounds like it is gambling to you, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't think it's borderline either. Like, I think it's pretty clearly gambling. Yeah, I, th I think it's like you know, when it comes to things like this, I think it's going to be quite contextual. In your case, it does sound, definitely sound like it's gambling, as opposed to like you know, you're buying a power up or a tool that you can use to increase, you know, enhance your gameplay essentially. Um, yeah. I guess, yeah, you're kind of like paying for entry to this thing, to the raid experience, in quotation marks, but then it seems like you're not really getting the thing that you're paying for, the thing that you're intending to pay for. So oh, I liken it to a gacha. Mm. Like, so, you, you, I mean, gachas we know are uh, that they are slot machines. That, yes. that is the literal definition of a gacha. That's 100%, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and what you do with the gacha is, I mean, I know you know, but for, for the listeners, yeah, yeah. You, you buy um, a ball or an orb or whatever, you break it, and, and you have a chance of there being the item that you want in that orb, but you're not guaranteed it. Hmm. And, and the games are very clear on like displaying the odds and stuff, usually, um, but you spend two or three pounds, and you get ten pulls. They refer to them as pulls, yeah. so my phone's freaking off. Um and so this to me is a gacha mechanic, like because you're doing the same thing. You're buying a a potential chance of getting the item that you want, but you also have the chance of getting nothing. Right. Okay. Which is which is gacha. I mean, if if you can redefine it for me, please do. Like, I might be wrong, but no, no, I've, no. I, I, I don't feel like I'm far away on this one.
No, I think I think that's a fair assessment of the situation. Yeah, it's just an interesting yeah. thing thought, right? Of like likening it to, like with the consumable stuff, liken it to gap to gambling, I guess, because like with Gacha, it's very like literally what you said. Like it's very obvious that it's literally like you know slot machine kind of thing, right? Um, but yeah, hmm, interesting one. Maybe we should talk about it or like do some research and talk about it on a future podcast because I feel like I want to yeah, sure. gather gather some information re- around this because it's something that I'm interested in. Um, yeah, I mean, and, we 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 like talking about this kind of stuff. This is for us, so yeah. Also, like, I mean, also just you know, you know, disclaimer and obviously bias. I am I am someone who worked in the mobile games industry as a developer, so you know, obviously my opinion and obviously I mean, I haven't said who I work for, but obviously my opinions don't reflect on the company that I work for or anything like that. And they're my opinions to myself, but you know, we'll talk. Yeah, you know, I'm sure I'll have to give another disclaimer if we talk about it in the future. But yeah. Um. Anyway, so I guess off of that tangent we can um go into the uh go into the agenda so we've got e3 predictions so clark what are your e3 predictions for this year well i predict there's going to be things at e3 but that's my prediction okay. so what, okay. what do you think yeah uh, um... no. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends what we're talking about like because this is a weird e3 because we didn't really have one last year we, we again we had the video version of it but this is going to be sl- more like a hybrid i think mm. like there's people going to be trying to do more physical stuff yeah and we've got nintendo they're they're announcing something and i think we all know that we're going to see breath of the wild 2 like i don't think that's really up for question um but there's a potential that we're going to see another the, the final smash brothers character because we've got the last one in the is it the last one in the fighter path, or is it, it was the few left? I don't know if it's two left or one left. Like, I can't remember if it's one or two, but that, so that's where I wanted to start the conversation. Is is who do you think we're going to get as the final character? Oof, boy, I'm. A... That's a big question. That is a big question. Okay, I mean, like, okay, I think we, so. We've got two left, two left, because the last release was Py- Pyro and Mithra. Um, so yeah, so Fighters Pass two, just for people, just to let people know. Uh, it was Min Min, and then we got Minecraft Steve, then we've got Sephiroth, and then we've got Pyramithra, and we've got two more left. So, hmm, who do I think will be added? I feel to like... Give some, to, to, to give you some direction here, Nintendo are currently rumoured of signing in with the Xbox Game Pass. Right. That is, that is rumoured to be an announcement to E3. It's a rumour. <sighs> So that might give you some idea of what I might be thinking here. Well, I mean, there's the obvious, you know, like Master Chief or something like that, right? I, I think that's what it is. I think it's going to be Master Chief. I think I'm, that I'm, would I'm be... I'm pretty sure we're going to get Halo 6 is what, it, it's, what it's all going to wrap together, I think. Oof. I mean, um, if it's honestly, if it's someone like Master Chief, I think that will be a huge, huge thing. I, I feel like um. Nintendo already getting Minecraft, right? You know, already getting like you know, Steve Minecraft Steve was already a big thing, right? Because that's a Microsoft owned product kind of thing. That's I mean, it's on Switch. Minecraft is on Switch, which is fair enough. But I feel like it doesn't really make super loads of sense for Master Chief to join Smash unless there is some kind of Halo product on Switch. Yeah, or or on its way. You get what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get it. Because like, also think about it; they'll announce it, but the character won't be available for a few weeks or maybe even months. Mm-hmm. But so what? yeah, you have to you have to think like if they do like Halo remastered or something, which we've already had. But we're, I mean, now we're starting to get remasters, remasters, so it could yeah. happen again. <sighs> that, that, that's my prediction. But there is so many other potential characters out there, like um, Crash Bandicoot, for example, yeah. who's now been 
put back into sleep by Activision. Yeah. They let him out for a little bit, and they're just like, we're done with him. Get away, get rid of him. Yeah, I feel, I feel like someone like Crash Bandicoot would make more sense for, uh, you know, um, for Smash. Or like, I remember there were like rumors ages ago of like some kind of Overwatch representation being in Smash. Because Overwatch came out on Switch, and I think Overwatch 2 is going to be on Switch, I assume, but who knows what's going on with Overwatch 2 right now, so, I mean, there's also, yeah, that's, that's another news topic we could talk about, actually, I want to get your opinion on, uh, maybe, sure. maybe we'll slot it in after this discussion, but, no, um, we, can, we can pivot, let's go. Alright, let's pivot, okay, so, yeah. recently for Overwatch 2, they announced that they're going to reduce the game from 6v6 to 5v5, right? Oh, yes, yeah. big change. So, which is a huge change, right? Like that's a big thing. And they're gonna, and in terms of role, they're still cons- like keeping up with the role system, right? Of... But it's, it's one tank, two yeah. healers, two DPS, isn't it? Yeah. So now they're removing a tank slot, and I don't know how I, f- you know, I, my Overwatch knowledge is extremely outdated. I will say, but it feels like that's a pretty massive change, right? To to literally Mind reduce this. your yeah to reduce your team size from 6v6 to 5v5 because like that has lots of implications in like esports right because now it's That's like where there's currently a lot of very sweaty people right now they're like oh so i'm one of the two tanks <laughs> it's like oh yes i've changed my main from off tank to bench warmer uh, like, yeah, yeah exactly good. yeah like which is pretty sh- pretty bad really, really, really bad like it's not good for the people it's not good for the fans yeah um i think it's quite disrespectful to the fans because it's showing them that we're, we're looking at we um blizzard are looking at marketing data rather than player data mm. they've probably looked at like the success rates of um 6v6 and realized that people don't like it uh, so they're going for 5v5 and it doesn't matter that that's going to impact loads of esports teams which is probably one of the game's biggest drivers at the moment is watching esports yeah. I, I would say but well, they invested um, a lot into it, right? So. Oh, well, when, when I remember when it was kicking off. I, w- I was there when they started the esports process. Yeah, the Overwatch League. Um, yeah. yeah, the Overwatch League, and it, it was run by a guy called Nate, who was this very American, like very, very like sports fan. Um, and he came to Europe to kind of tell us all about the Overwatch League and what it was going to be. And we were like, "Yeah, that actually sounds really, really cool." And that they were going to have this arena, uh, which was built, and then I think they've abandoned it already. I think the arena's gone already. Like, I'm not sure if the arena still exists. Do you know if it does? Oh, uh, no idea. Honestly. It was like a standalone arena, but it, I don't think it exists anymore. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was just it was it was really interesting to see like that fall apart so quickly. Um, and now, like, so esports was supposed to be this massive billion dollar industry. It was they were expecting it to be like the NFL of gaming, mm. and I don't think it's really made that much money. Yeah, I don't think esports in general actually makes that much money, especially when you can't attend the events which is where you make most of your money out of sports when you bring people to like stadiums and you sell merchandise and hot dogs and god what whatever else you can do. Well, I think it's it was also it's also quite an ambitious thing like I think this is my opinion on personal opinion on when it comes to esports stuff like that. And you're seeing it kind of less nowadays, but there was always this big thing where for a while in games where all these companies were trying to launch a game with the intention of it being the next big esport, right? And I think for me the issue with a lot of these games that do that is that normally a game becomes an esport because it already has a following or some kind of legacy yeah. behind it that leads to that or it's like you know you know it becomes an esport because there is a, a you know a sort of like grassroots community that launches it into an esport like a successful esport right so with overwatch league obviously they took a gamble right assuming like oh this game's going to be popular enough to become an esport and it was 
I like the game was massively popular, but then in terms of like competitive integrity and stuff like that, you know, they went through massive changes with like role queue and all these other things, which ch changed the fundamental strategy of the game, right? Which means that you know, even people like me who kind of maybe played Overwatch launch and then go to watch it now, it's like kind of like, oh well, this game is very different now. Or like you know, the strategy is very different. Even more so when you become when it becomes five v five. I know there's the argument that like if you make it five v five, it's going to be easier to read in terms of like a spectator sport. Easier to follow. Yeah, easier to follow, right? Because there's going to be less team fight craziness. But I feel like, you know, for the players of people who enjoyed playing Overwatch, I feel like the fact that it was 6v6 was kind of like a, a very big USP for especially these bigger groups of player, like friend groups who had like six players to play with instead of like five, right? Yeah, that, that's another thing. So uh, this, 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 I call this the Destiny factor because Destiny, you play in groups of, I think, three. Yeah. Think. Raids but, are sick. Yes, last I checked, yeah, raids yeah. are six. I mean, you're getting exactly what I'm, what I'm about to say is yeah. that you've, you've got this disparity between the size of raids and the size of groups. Yeah. Um, so you've always got a friend that has to be kind of sidelined. And mm. if, if a game makes you have to kind of make your friends awkward, I don't think that's a good decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and and if, if you're losing that consistency throughout, like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, it, it, I, I'm not on board with that. But um, you, you raised a really good point a minute ago, and I've completely forgot what it was. And I wanted to jump on it for a second. What was it you said? Competitive um, integrity? Or, like, um, the reduce, no. like, like, spectating? Like, being able to ease? Yes, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, initially, the plan with... And I can reveal this now because, I mean, honestly, I don't care. Um, but initially, the plan during the development phase was to have a spectator client. Mm. So, you download Overwatch, and with that comes your client, and it allows you to be in the game with the, um, you know, with the people playing. Yeah. What, what, I mean, the actual tech behind it is it's actually creating a thousand servers that are copying all the behaviors across a thousand servers. So, you don't go into their game and lag them out and destroy them. Yeah, you're never yeah. actually in their game. You're just in a copy of it. But the point being is that you can then fly around and put the camera wherever you want. Yeah, and and enjoy this, and that to me was a genius idea. And they never they never went with it because they were just like, no, we'll just stick with the the set, set up on Twitch. That's not the voice of an Overwatch developer, by the way. That's quite a Midlands <laughs> voice. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I found that really cool. That was a really cool idea, and I've never seen that. And please do so, correct me if I'm wrong. Like so, it might exist in League, but does yeah. that exist? So okay, it does not exist in League, but it exists in Dota in Dota Two, and it's a huge thing, which was very cool because like specifically one... to watch people playing live is what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? yeah. So... So you'd go into your into your client and you'd you'd load into the game that like was being played live, you know, like the international, the big the big world championship, right? Or even smaller tournaments, right? But what was also cool is that you could get the live stream commentary in the client as well, and you could change via language, and also you could like um you know you, you would get extra the UI and HUD, and you could you know even be like you know I oh I want my own camera, or you could do like the actual like directed camera of the commentators kind of thing is that happening live or is that it's, like you it's get live. a recording of the game and you go back and watch it later it, it's li it's live so it, that that's where i think that we're missing something big in esports because, oh yeah for sure like because sitting and watching the screen is great and everything but there are so many people that would love to be able to go into the game and look at like so to give you an example mercy and farah and reinhardt are all doing something together mm. but what's the tracer doing at that point like you yeah. can't really see that unless someone talks about maybe i want to go and see what the tracer is doing because maybe that's my main or whatever mm -hmm. like i think that that is a massive opportunity and i'm really surprised that blizzard didn't take that because it yeah. was on it, it was on the build like i saw that client working mm. 
Like, in, and they just in, never made it into a game. Yeah, that's a shame, right? But I feel yeah. like in terms of tech, like if we're, if we're talking about more esports stuff, like I think Dota was definitely ahead of is is like ahead of the curve on a lot of games. And I don't, I haven't watched Dota in like God, like five years or something like that. But it always seemed like you know they were doing like the really cool initiatives to get people into the game. Like there was even like the, I mean they did, they went from the experimental thing where like you know because Valve has their VR uh sort of like VR uh section or division sorry that's what i'm looking for the vr division right there was actually like a dota 2 client where you could if you had a vr headset you could actually put yourself in the game i think and actually like sort of like spectate from like yeah like spectate from like the ground level kind of thing so world of warcraft had a really good opportunity to do that as well because they have their 3v3 arena and 5v5 arena Mm -hmm. you imagine being able to stand as a spectator in the stands which are physically in those arenas exactly right yeah watch and cheer and stuff like why that's not a thing, I don't know. Mm, mm. Especially considering we've had this pandemic and there was that weird, creepy time in the pandemic when they were doing live sports games with all the cardboard cutouts. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like every, every sports game looked like a game from, like, 1996. Yeah, and the, and the, and the fake... <laughs> The fake yeah. crowd noises and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, like, but we did that, and then no one, no one seems to have thought, well, why can't we put that in games? Like, why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. Why can't we put a, an audience filled with screens? But I, I could buy like a half price ticket for a football game, and I can physically sit in one of the stands and watch it live. Yeah, why does that not exist? Like, I don't understand why that doesn't exist. Mm. For sure. Mainly right. because you need like six hundred thousand cameras in a stadium. That's probably why that doesn't yeah, exist. Maybe yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> That's probably why that doesn't exist. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and, and, you know, sorry, going back to, like, Dota and stuff like that, like, they they even had, like, you know, because obviously, uh, trying to watch a, a MOBA or trying to watch Dota or League as someone, if you don't know how they work, is, like, probably kind of impossible. It's so, super frustrating. Yeah, so they used to have, like, specific streams being like, hey, if you've never watched Dota before or you're completely new to MOBAs, come watch this stream. Yeah, and it was like a Valve-led initiative kind of thing, and they hired, you know, they got like commentators who were designed, you know, who were, uh, you know, they they were specifically directed to be like, you know, explain the game to new people, right? And they'd have like different types of like HUD and information and little like tool tips explain like, oh, this was cool because of this, right? Or oh, this character does this, and therefore they play it with you know with these kinds of characters in this way, sort of like teaching the game as like a you know sort of like your first time watching Dota kind of thing. Which I thought was yeah. a really, really cool initiative. And it's really a shame that like a lot of these other huge esports, looking at you, Riot and League of Legends, don't do things like this, right? Don't you look away, Riot. We're yes. talking about you. Exactly. Don't you pretend that we're not talking about you. you they know. know. And League of Legends is arguably more popular than Dota. I mean, I mean, I say arguably, I think statistically it is. And I'm someone who plays League of Legends, right? But there's so much more, that I feel like, that Riot could do in terms of like helping newer players and helping people who want to just watch League of Legends as well. So, like, you know... Anyway, sorry, that was like a small small rant aside that went to a big esports thing. But yeah, Overwatch so this, 2... This is our E3 prediction. Yeah, this is our E3 <laughs> predictions. Overwatch 2, 5v5, yeah. and it's going to be well, bad. <laughs> so, uh, the Overwatch 2 thing is a really good point, and I, I could talk about it at length. Obviously, Jeff Kaplan left, which is a big impact. Yeah. Um, you've now got all these people kind of stepping up that I don't really recognise. Which is taking some of the magic away from it for me. Um, but Overwatch 2 itself, I feel like uh, it's very clear what they're doing with that game. They're, they're turning it more towards the COD model, think, which is yeah. where you, yeah, you're going to get a new Overwatch every year from here on up. But like Sold as map packs, effectively. I feel like they should just take it down the... make more single... Play- like They've got a brand, right? They've got a world. I feel like they should like play more into that. 
but I don't know. I, I guess that's harder to do than... You, you know. also have to keep in mind that there aren't many games companies anymore that are looking to make games that are great games. They're looking to make Clark, great monetization platforms. Clark, don't say that. I know it's true, but as someone who it's, works in the games well, industry as well, but... Oh. This is the thing. So, so you could look at mobile games, and I'm not going to call out any company yeah, here, yeah. but you can look at mobile games, and I don't think anyone starting a mobile game has gone into that going, I want to make the best Match 3 simulator. I want to make the best puzzle pop, puzzle pop simulator, whatever. Like They're literally going, these games make billions of dollars. I want billions of dollars. I and, think... That's yeah. fine. That's okay. Look, the, 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 there's no problem with that if that's what you go in thinking. But if you're standing in front of that game and saying, we want to make the best game experience ever, but you're actually building a game that heavily monetizes and isn't really a good game experience, mm, yeah. that's where I have the problem there. Like, yeah. I, um, I, I, fun I think I fundamentally agree with you. I feel like it's more nuanced and there's like obviously different people. Like A team consists of lots of different people with lots of different motivations. Right? And, and like, me and, me and but, you both worked for a you know, heavily yes. monetizable mobile game, but I would never class myself as someone that obsesses over monetization in a video game. Yeah, I is... love video games. Like I love them. This is why we got. This why everyone's just got to run to the indie game market. Yeah, it's it. why I've why I've left and joined a smaller company. Yeah, <laughs> um, yes. but we could get deep into that, or whatever. But it's just, I mean, this is why again I brought the point up about predicting E3. Like I'm kind of hoping that we see some innovation this year because I don't think we've seen that for a while. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd be really interested to see if they like you know Sony and others like sort of third party studios when you develop things for PS5, like, this is it, you know, like, sell me on a PS5, Sony, because... Don't forget Sony aren't at E3 this year. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, don't sell me on a PS5. Then, <laughs> so you're Sony. not getting sold on a PS5. So, no, but in terms of, like, you know, next-gen consoles, even, like, Xbox Series X, right, you know, I'm just really not sold on the next-gen yet. Like, there's no game I've seen which has been, like, oh, that's a console, you know, seller for me kind of thing, right? Well, I'm just, so, I'm just looking at the, the companies that are there now, and you've got, I'll, I'll very quickly read through them to give you an idea, and this might help you think of what might be coming out. Mm. You've got Nintendo, Xbox, Ubisoft, Square Enix, Verizon, 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 Verizon T2, Capcom, Warner Brothers, Sega, Bandai Namco, Gearbox, uh, Marvelous Xseed Games, never heard of those, Mythical, oh, Freedom yeah. Games, NetEase, Turtle Beach, Otterbox, DVSi, and Binge. Right. Those are the companies that, and then obviously you've got your gaming support companies such as IGN, PC Gamer, Polygon, blah, yeah. blah, blah, they're there as well. So those are who are exhibiting at E3. Um, so, I mean, let's do a quick run around of the bigger ones. So Nintendo, what do you think Nintendo's biggest thing next to Breath of the Wild is going to be? Because we know Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be announced. Uh... I feel like the things that they have they announced before that they haven't shown yet. So there's Bayonetta three. There's wait, did Bayonetta three come out? I don't know. She it could have come out or it could never have been finished. I don't know. Anyway, We're in a weird limbo there. <laughs> yeah. So there's Bayonetta three. There's the new Metroid game. Um, I feel like they could probably do some Animal Crossing. They'll probably show off some Animal Crossing DLC. Let's be real. Um. I hope they do something cool with some cool new. They show off some cool new tech or something like you know like maybe like a new Ring Fit game. Because I feel like they've sold a lot of the physical units of Ring Fit. They really did. Yeah, so I feel like they could do like a Ring Fit 2 or something like that. Maybe not a Ring Fit 2, but like a, a new game that uses that. Uh, or like a two-player one where it's two rings welded together. <laughs> and you and your partner have to be like an inch apart the entire time and do your workouts. I think that would oh, be cool. That sounds perfect for Corona. Sounds that great. Sounds it sounds excellent. wonderful. Yep. This is, I should be in game development. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Shit, I am. Shit. Clock, <laughs> clock, <laughs> clock, cut that. We're going to... 
So next one. So you think it's going to be Ring Fit? I'm going to say my my bet here is I I think we, because we've got the Zelda's 35th anniversary coming up. Mm. I think we're getting Wind Waker HD on Switch. I mean, I'd love that. I, but... I, I, Nintendo, you cowards! If you're listening to me, stop teasing us with crap that we don't want. Like Skyward Sword, yes, okay, is a fine Zelda game. It's not the best Zelda game. I don't want it. Give me Wind Waker, please, or else. And that also brings me to the point of the Amiibo. I can mention this very briefly because it's actually quite a short point. All right, go on. Um, but they've just announced because obviously the Skyward Sword uh, remaster is a little bit troubled because, again, it's not selling well and people don't really want it. Because it's, let's be honest, it's not the best Zelda game. It's it's not great no, it's, if you've played it's, it. It's not. It's boring. So what they've done is they've, they've, annu- they've announced a feature locked to the Amiibo that makes the game playable. Um oh. You can teleport back and forth from the lowland to the upland anywhere on the map, anywhere in the world at all, if you've got the uh, Zelda amiibo. What? You can't if you don't have it. Why? I mean, that to me is a huge gameplay feature that is locked to a piece of, like, physical DLC. So you, you can do that in the game, but only at set points. So there's, like, statues around the map that you can do it at. But with this amiibo, you can do it from absolutely anywhere and go back to the point you teleported from. So you teleport up, and then you teleport straight back down if you want to, or you can run around and do other stuff. I mean, what do you think about that? that, that that's Why? a paywall DLC to me. I don't, I don't know if you agree there. Well, okay, I have several thoughts on this. First question, why? Like, what? Why Why would you put this on an amiibo kind of thing? My question and being like, the same, and, <laughs> and, like, I mean, it's a weird thing to paywall, right? But also, Very too, I don't, I, this is, I don't know enough about, I don't know... I, yeah, it's been a long time since I played Skyward Sword. Like the gameplay ramifications of this, or like the game's like, like, can you now like use this to like, you know, sort of, uh, what's the word for it? Sequence break the game. Like, isn't this gonna break the game? Like, if you can like teleport in certain ways, like, surely this like can break the game in interesting ways. I'm or... sure it'll be restricted so you can't break the game. Um, it will probably allow you to complete the game quicker. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, that's, that, that was my third point, which is like, aren't speedrunners going to be like, what the f- what, well, this changes things? Yeah. Thing, and right? So N- Nintendo have done this before. They have released Amiibo content that is non-cosmetic and exclusive to the Amiibo. So yeah. there, were, there were costumes in Splatoon that had gameplay advantages. Uh, Breath there of the were... Wild had some interesting stuff that you know behind amiibos, and there's like different speed. There's like different speedrun categories whether you use amiibos or not as well. Yeah, I, the Breath of the Wild thing though, I still think is a really good implementation of amiibo because mm. that Breath of the Wild to me is a platform less. It's it's more of a platform less of a game. Right, fair I mean, it, it is absolutely a game by the way because it, it's it's phenomenal. Breath yeah. of the Wild is, but. That to me is is a place of like launching a, a cross promotional platform because they brought in like Xenoblade into that as well if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, they was, did. There was I think there was a few other promotions as well, but I can't recall any of them. Um, but yeah, so they did that, and I think that's okay in that game. In um, Skyward Sword, it's a single player experience that is not a big epic open world, and you know it's 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 an age age old thing that has established itself already to then suddenly change it by adding this like paywall. I don't like it. Like, I, I don't like that behavior from Nintendo at all. And that's not a consumer first behavior. Mm. That's a business first behavior. Yeah, it's a really strange. It's just such a strange thing to monetize. Oh, like, isn't it? Yeah, like, like, who came up with that idea? If you get what I mean. Like, Probably just... someone who's a little bit disconnected from reality at the at the company, I would assume. Yeah, it's just. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the thing. I just thought I'd bring us out to that. But we can go back to e, e, uh, E3 predictions. E3, yeah, Next... yeah. 
The next one being Xbox. What do you think is going to come from Xbox? And not In- Scalebound. Halo Infinite. Um, definitely. There was that, that game with the robots that was like kind of good. That game with the robots that was kind it was of like, good. Well, it's that Re- could be a lot so, of I know, that's, I know that's a very... That's a very very vague. vague and generic description of a video game. I think it's called Recore. Recore. That was a that was a Microsoft game, right? I'm not sure. I don't know what you're talking about. Recore. I think it was a game where there, you had these robots that transformed into like different like animals kind of thing, and it was a platformer. Oh. Um, yes, and I think actually, it was like was... kind of good, but like not quite there. But I feel like people were, there was enough, I remember enough people being like, this game's kind of good, that maybe they could do like a Recore 2 or something like that. Um, unless they've already announced that. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> so No one knows where we are in time anymore. Like, time is, is a, a flat circle yeah, now. Yes, I mean, yeah, the corona and everything is like... <laughs> it's broken it's everything. broken everything, right? The time the time-space continuum is broken, you know? It's, we're all broken. Yes, uh, but so, so you think uh, robot animal game... Yeah, um, I think I think definitely Halo Infinite. Uh, um, maybe some kind of Bethesda, because now Bethesda's owned by Microsoft, right? True. Yeah, so maybe some kind of Bethesda product? I mean... God, please no more Fallout 76 or Skyrim remasters, but, um, you know, like... We need a Skyrim remaster. We haven't had one for a week. We need a Skyrim remaster. Please, I don't want to play Skyrim on my smart shoe. I want to play it on my uh, heart monitor. Oh, God, you know... (laughs) If I'm going to die, I'm going to go out playing Skyrim. (laughs) I want to play Skyrim on my eyes. When I close my eyes, I just want to see Skyrim. That's it. Yeah, you see, this this is it. They've missed a trick here. This is a marketing space they haven't explored. Uh, So for me, I think they're going to announce a new uh, main series Halo game. But they haven't finished Infinite, right? Haven't they? No, Infinite's not out. So I think I think I think what? this is it. So that's what I mean in terms of like, because they showed gameplay of it recently, and it was kind of like, yeah, it just looks like Halo. But then like, I feel like they're gonna oh. show more of it. What am I thinking, Halo? Am I? What was another game that sounds like Halo Infinite? Uh, Reach. I'm thinking of Reach. Yeah, because uh, I was I, I genuinely thought I was like, Infinite's out. It's been out for years. No, 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 Reach. no, Reach. Yeah, Halo. Reach. I'm an idiot. Yeah, Halo okay, Infinite is the game. next mainline Halo game. That's it's it's perfectly yet. fine. I am an idiot. It's no, what's just okay. happened here. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's understandable. It's okay, Clark. It's been like no. you said. It's been a long year. It's been a weird. It's been a weird time. Yeah, also, it's been a very weird time. Yeah. yeah. But um. And so, second one, Banjo Kazooie. I think we might get a Banjo Kazooie something. And don't uh, play with my heartstrings like that, Clark. Well, Microsoft own it. Don't. Nintendo love it. Don't we all love that. it. And they got a big reaction when they bought it out for Smash. Smash they it was did. An amiibo. Rare have been not. They've been quite a quiet. Like, I think it might be coming. I think we're gonna have a Banjo Kazooie remaster. I mean, okay, we need it. Remaster or new game, like Banjo Three or like Banjo Kazooie HD. I think we're gonna get a remaster of the first two games. It's (sighs) it's it's low hanging fruit for them. Like, it's an easy one. Okay. When you say remaster, do you mean like, oh, we just did up the graphics, or is it like... No, I, I mean a full... Like remake, a, like a, a Spyro. Yep. Like a Spyro kind yes. of deal. Yes, Now, do you want to hear my logic, though? Right. So, we've got uh, two companies that are crossing over, so Nintendo and Xbox. Yes. We know that they've had positive dealings in the past, and we know that there's a conversation at play at the moment about the Game Pass coming to the Switch. That, to me, seems like the perfect vehicle to get people to take on the uh, the Game Pass. Hmm make it as the free launch title for the Switch on the Game Pass. 
that that to me would be a genius move. Like you'd have everyone subscribe to Game Pass permanently on the Switch. You'd have everyone playing Banjo Kazooie. You've relaunched your franchise, and then you can go ahead and do your mainline uh, Banjo Kazooie game. You so do really work in marketing. You do really work it's, in marketing, don't you, Clark? It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> I mean that would. But is, is that is that is that me being a mad, like a, a madhead, or does that make sense? No, I think that would be a fantastic initiative. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Like they re they they, they release yeah like okay so Xbox Game Pass comes yeah Switch and okay so not the remaster not the new Banjo Kazooie remasters on Switch but the original Banjo Kazooie kind of thing like the yeah. N sixty four version is on Switch. Yeah, that makes yeah. like. Yeah, that yeah that makes. Because that works sense. to the power of the Switch. It works to the power of the Xbox because you have the the proper title on the Xbox. And then the third point is what has Xbox Game Pass just released? Their streaming service, so you can play Xbox 360 and Xbox One games on your phone, on your TV, whatever. You can also play it on your Switch. <sighs> it just it makes so much sense. And then that means so that you would clever. be able to be able I'm, to play. I know what you're thinking. I'm really clever. I know. I agree you, with you. I am. You would really be able clever. to play the new Banjo Kazooie remaster on your Switch through the stream. There you go. All right. If, if um, ever there was a strategy, it's that. I'm I'm bought into this conspiracy. <laughs> I think that's a da- okay. Even if it doesn't happen, I think that's a damn good idea. It is, but I'm so bought into this that I'm going to be disappointed if I'm wrong now. <laughs> <sighs> Because I actually believe this is real. You know, I feel like on this podcast we've said Xbox Games Pass enough that like someone from Microsoft is probably listening. You know that, that... Microsoft is like, yeah, be a pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cortana is listening right now. And, you know, she's like, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> I, I think that that that's me just kind of again putting my marketing head on and just looking at things logically. But we're also assuming that people in these games companies think like that. Mm. They may not. But so that's our Nintendo and Xbox. What about Ubisoft? What do you think about them? Oh, we, we, mean, we know one thing that Ubisoft are up to. I mean, they've still got Beyond Good and Evil 2 to show off, right? They do. That's going to be one of their big ones. They've also got um, Skull and Bones, the, oh, the ship. delayed piracy simulator. Yeah, the... I mean, I'm whatever. But uh... Yeah, I've lost interest in that now, because Sea of Thieves does it way better anyway. So Yeah. I mean, unless it's like a Sea of Thieves, but more hardcore, I can see that being like a more popular... No, like, it's... it's like. There's no single player. It's just multiplayer. It's, it's it's purely a PvP game in arenas. Skull and Bones. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, so it's not yeah. like a PVE. It's just PvP. It's just PvP. Oh, entirely okay. PvP. Whatever. Um, <laughs> less so the, interesting. The, the closer we get to that, the less I care about yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe we'll see Division Three. I don't know. Well, they've, they've just announced Division is free to play, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, so mm, is that Division One or Division Two? Because I know they released two. Division. Okay, so Division Two is now free to play. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna write that down. Maybe I think I'll... it's Division Two, I, or maybe I... the mobile. But I don't know. There's so much going on that doesn't yeah. make any sense anymore. Um, maybe some Rainbow Six Siege stuff. I think that game's still very popular. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oh yeah, Assassin's Creed. Of course. Remember that game? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been out. So I've been out of the Assassin's Creed franchise for a long time, but I know it's still quite popular. Um, I'm hardcore into that franchise. I love that franchise. Yeah, yeah. But I think I don't think we're going to see one for a while because Valhalla was kind of a flop. Mario and Rabbids two. Oh, please don't tease me again. Folding into the Nintendo stuff. It, I want Mario Rabbids two. I love Grant Kirkhope and I love Dav- Davida S- uh, Soliani. So those two are getting together for another sequel. Yep. Please give me that game. All right. What else? What, what else? What other companies have we got? Square Enix. 
Uh, final fat. No, I mean, the, I, th I think Fantasy I think we're a I think we're a far <laughs> we're a far away from Final Fantasy VII remake part two. I think we're a no, long that's, way. It's, it's um. So we've got Integrade, which is the one that's getting everyone to buy a PS5. They right. hope it won't. Um, we've also got um. We we know that there's a sequel coming out. Yeah, but Integrate yeah. is like the the interim version it's the of the DLC, sequel. right? Where it's like with yeah. Yuffie. Yeah, yeah, but but it's also got the Fort Condor mini game in it as well, which is the next part of the storyline in uh, Final Fantasy VII, the original game. Oh, fair enough. Um, so I don't know. I don't really know where they are with that. Like, it feels like it's a bit lost. But yeah. I've also kind of lost interest in it because it's been spread out too far. Yeah. As as was my fear when they announced it initially. Um, I think we're gonna get some news on Final Fantasy fifteen because fifteen sixteen. 16. Where are we now? Yeah, 16. it'll be 16. 15 was... They've already uh, announced it. They announced it last year, but I think we'll see some more gameplay of it. Yeah. Anime Boy yeah. Road Trip was Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, it was just a bad game, that was. It was hey, man. I mean, I've played it. i played it twice, in fact. We got Noctis in Tekken 7. That was kind of cool. We, got, we also got Noctis in every other game on the planet yeah. at some point. Like, it turns up everywhere. Um, I don't think we're going to see much else exciting as wearing it. I think it's going to be run of the mill for them. Yeah, and obviously we'll see more of um, the Octopath spin-off... Um, Project oh, Triangle, Triangle, Strategy. Triangle Strategy. Great name for a game. Like, the, the best name for a game. Project uh, so we'll Triangle Strategy. And I think we might see another Dragon Quest, because Dragon Quest yeah. has suddenly hit hit the big time in the rest of the world, not just in Japan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's my thoughts on that one. And then the last kind of big company, I guess, is... Well, we've got Sega, Warner Brothers, and Capcom. So which one of those do you want to pick? And we've got Bandai as well, but I don't really care about Bandai. And Gearbox. <laughs> that's quite a few. I mean, I'm going to take Sega Gearbox? for me. Yeah, I I'm going to take Sega, but what, which, which one do you want to take? I mean, Capcom's probably the only other company I really care about in that. As in, I mean, Sega, what's, what's Sega going to be releasing? Like Sonic? Like, what else have they got? I, I think we're going to see Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 remasters, but proper ones. Christ. Like, because they were popular. They they were system sellers. They sold the Dreamcast and the GameCube. Um, they're great games. I love them. And I think we're going to see a follow-on from those games. Because mm. they they feel like the last good 3D Sonic games. I think and that's a lot. Good. I think it's a lot of nostalgia. I mean, I've played them recently, and they are fun, but I feel like it's a lot of nostalgia. But it's a lot of nostalgia to play because those were janky as hell. Those games were. I think <laughs> I think Generations in Colors was generally. But Generations was amazing. Yeah, they were really oh, good games. I forgot that so, game existed. Yeah, that was so good. And Colors. Yeah, Colors yeah, was good as well. Yeah, Planet Wisp. I really needed it. Yep. Uh, uh, that, 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 that my predictions for Sega, but you go ahead with Capcom. Go nuts. I mean, Capcom, like, maybe, maybe, maybe Street Fighter Six, probably not. Um, oh God, yeah, I forgot Street Fighter was still releasing games. They're still <laughs> releasing. I mean, they're in season five, came five out, like, now or something. Six, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. Street Fighter Five is quite old now, and I think it's yeah. actually quite a decent game um but as in like especially from launch but uh yeah so maybe it's time for a new street fighter who knows um or if they just you know they can just release makoto into street fighter 5 and sell a gajillion units so that's okay they could do that too um gosh what else have we got uh capcom i mean resident evil 8 already came out so they smashed it it was amazing yeah so. you got nothing else to do for that maybe they'll release some dlc for it i don't know did they do dlc for 7 I think they did, right? I think there was one. I mean, don't quote me because I didn't play seven. Yeah. I couldn't get past the first bit, but I think they did. Yeah. So probably maybe some DLC for eight. Uh, if the stars align and Capcom loves me, 
maybe we'll see something from Dead Rising. Uh, but I'm probably not sure if that not. franchise is, is going to live much longer. I think that franchise might be dead. It's a shame, because Dead Rising 1 um, and 2 was so good. I never played 3, but apparently 4 just seems like... It was lost, terrible. It, they just lost touch with what the series yeah. really is. So 3 was so boring. It was such yeah. a boring game. Um, but, I mean, conscious of time, and we've talked about E3 for quite a while, because it is a big subject, we'll yes. probably talk about it again uh, next week. Although next week, I might be we might be recording a day late next week, because it's actually my birthday on oh. Monday, so I might be going out for drinks. Fantastic. Um, but on that, a little birthday gift for me, Time Splitters is coming back. Yeah. After our conversations continually about Time Splitters, they finally announced that the old gang are getting back together. So this is the old developers from um David Is it Dope. Deep Silver? Uh yeah. Is it Deep Silver? Whichever. Like the the, the developers to the original yeah. Time Splitters and Time Splitters 2 are getting back together to redo them. Mm. And we we don't know yet, and I'm not sure if it's been confirmed if it's a remaster or a or a complete reboot. But either way, yes, give Excellent. me that. Like, that's great news. I think it's. Uh, I mean, okay. I think it's gonna be really difficult to live up to the old sort of like time splitters games. I mean, they could probably do like you know some interesting story and stuff like that. But in terms of like the jokes and the campiness of time splitters, I feel like that's gonna be well. kind of yeah yeah. That's what I mean. I don't think it's aged very well. So like you I know. Mean- those games were really sexist. Oh yeah, yeah, horribly, horribly sexist. So you know, like we'll see how they, if they can reimagine Time Splitters for like a a modern day audience kind of thing, and see if they can get it popular with like you know like newer gaming audiences, like not just us old folk who grew up with Time Splitters, um, you know. But that'll be interesting to see because I love Time. I lo- I mean I loved Time Splitters, but I feel like also like arena shooters like that are not like super popular anymore. So. Um, yeah, we'll see. Just just add the map maker again, 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 and then <laughs> let people actually share maps this time with like an online map service. I it's going to be would... great. Like I, I'm excited to see Time Splitters again because that's a game I haven't revisited, mm. and it, it exists purely in my nostalgia. But yeah. I'm hoping when it does come back that it it's what I remember it being. Like, but it probably won't be because nothing ever is. Honestly, um, like they do a time splitter style map maker and then release it with like some kind of online like make make that better, release it with like some kind of online portal. I can imagine like the memes and the things that come out of that could make it quite popular. But you know, it's kinda of like Fortnite's uh creative mode. But I feel like in Fortnite's creative mode you can't really make like story things or make like, you know, campaign single player objective based kind of things, right? So uh or maybe you can. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see. That's like one of the main selling points of Time Splitters to me. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what they do with that. But excited nonetheless. So, yeah, it's exciting that one. Like I'm into that one. Mm. Uh, what was my next point? I've lost my thing. Uh, we already went. So we got, so we can finish off with the uh, nostalgia. We bite. did the things. Yeah, let's, we'll, we'll we'll go on to our section. Nostalgia bite, which is memory cards and the cloudless skies of classic gaming. Which to give you an idea of what that actually means is that. Uh, not you, I mean the listeners, because you probably understand what I'm talking about. Um, but back in the old days of PlayStation 1 and Dreamcast and all those kind of things, you didn't have a an online storage system. You didn't even have online. You had uh, big plastic squares and rectangles that you'd shove into your controllers or into your system that would have blocks on them. Uh, you would only have so many. So the PlayStation 1s had 15 blocks, I think. Uh, the Dreamcast, I think, had 256 bytes or something like that, which you had to fill up with your memory space. And then the PlayStation 2 had, again, I think it was megabytes. I think Game- it was like 8 meg. Yeah. 8 meg? Yeah. yeah. GameCube, and GameCube had uh, memory cards as well. And um, 
It did. Yes, yeah, it did. You're and, right. And the N64 had the memory packs, but they they plugged the controller, the controller <laughs> which was nuts. Which shared which shared a spot with uh, the rumble the, pack. The rumble pack. Thank you. Um, it was a weird time because um, saving obviously is one of those things now that we sort of take for granted because it just happens in the background most yep. of the time. You don't you don't have to stop and save unless you're playing something like um, like Dark Souls or um, I can't think of a game where where saving is. Final Fantasy actually are perfect examples of this. Up to a certain Final Fantasy, you would have to go to a save point every time you wanted to, to save your game. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like saving is just happening all the time, and it's being uploaded to the cloud. So if you change consoles or you go to a friend's place, you just download your save, click on a button, and you, you're back where you were. It's yeah. great. Whereas traditionally, so we we would have to take a memory card around to our friend's place to carry on, and there was always the opportunity that sorry, there's always the possibility they could get erased or yep, lost or or a dog would eat it, or corrupted, or whatever. I used to have um, a 256-page PlayStation 1 memory card, which obviously is not going to work properly, because that just sounds awful. And it was 256 memory cards in one, and it just never stored the data. So I saved my Final Fantasy VII save onto that, and it was gone within minutes. It just forgot where it was and lost it, but... Yeah, it was a it was a strange time for gaming, and there was a lot. Of, I, I don't know. T- tell me about your experience. With so cars. I have two great story anecdotes, and I apologize to my family, my cousins, for this. But basically, when we were younger, me and my cousins used to play a lot of uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles and um, what's the other game? Uh, Fancy Star Online on GameCube. And in both games, my brother and I managed to delete our cousins' saves. Uh, because of like you know when you're going to your cousin's when I was going to my cousin's house and you know you, you'd have to bring your memory card with your characters on it right you know that's how you would play multiplayer so you could load and you know the GameCube had two slots so we would plug our ga- our memory card into the second slot and then we could load our characters from there but these games also have like because memory is sometimes finicky in the way that the, you know to stop you from duplicating characters and stuff like that there were security things being like oh when your character is loaded onto a different memory like into a different memory card they're set as like being away for example, right? And there was, like, bugs that you would get where, like, you turn off the GameCube at a certain point or you'd unplug the memory card and then that character would just be permanently set to being away and they could never come back. So, like, it essentially, like, soft-locked their characters away so they could never actually load them again and, like, they lost, like, hundreds of hours of progress on these characters. And it's just, like, that's, like, such a reminiscent... That's such an old-school thing, right? Of, like, you know, like, having to take a memory card to your cousin's house to play the game with them, right? Or, you know, just delete, even just the idea of, yeah, basically not having cloud save backups, so you just delete people's saves and that's it. Your progress is just gone, like, straight up. Or, like, you know, corrupting saves and things like that. Like, game enders, really. Like, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Um, the, the, the fear of every time you put that memory card in, it not work, yeah. or it, it would not be detected. Like, you would lose thousands of hours of gameplay. Mm. And it, it happened. It, it, it wasn't like an uncommon occurrence either. Like, it happened a lot. Uh, like I went through so many memory cards. Yeah, like I I remember as well. Like as a kid, like you know the memory card that was like a sacred. This is a sacred piece of you, right? It was like you know that was like the most valuable thing I had. My save data in games. I remember my friends used yeah. to come. My friends used to come over to my house and then to tease me or to like rile me up. They would like steal my memory card and then run away, kind of thing. You know, like be like, oh, I'm I'm just gonna steal your memory card and take it home, and then you won't get it back. You know, it's kind of like bully, like tease me and bully me. And it used to get me really angry. Because I was like, oh my god, those are my games, dude. I don't want to start again. I don't want to play through this, like, Toy Story Buzz Lightyear game from level one again. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? 
So ah, memory cards, and there was also yeah. so another part of memory cards as well was there was these things called the VMUs, which were on the Dreamcast, which were um, so in the nineties when you were using memory cards, there was also these little things called Tamagotchis, which have just recently come back onto the market. Oh God! Um, and VMUs were effectively the same thing. They were it was ways of you would save onto your memory card. We'll call it memory card to start with, uh, and then when you take it out of the console and go to school or whatever, you'd be able to interact with the like a little character in the save file. And like, so the the perfect example was the Chows in in Sonic Adventure. Oh yeah, man! You you you'd drop it into your uh, VMU and take it around with you, and you'd grow the Chow like, and then you put it back into the console when you get back home, mm. and it's grown like it's it's evolved or whatever. And it oh, it's great that they they were great. Yeah, man. I, I I don't think we really see that anymore either. Like, I, I'm not sure if there's been like a smartphone variant that, that that's popped up in that way. I mean, I don't know if you can think of an example. I don't. I can't think of an example, but you've reminded me of something. Like, do you remember when there were like the promotional things where it was like, oh, if you take your memory card to like the local like Toys R Us, you yep. could plug it into like the promotional yep. unit, yep. and they would unlock something or like you know give you a save file that would like give you something. That was like basically how they had to do DLC, right? It was yep. like, oh, you can unlock this this trophy in Smash Bros in Melee by going over to <laughs> going to the Toys it's... R Us. That's essentially the, the the way Pokemon do their promotional giveaways. Like you take your Game Boy or your Switch or whatever yeah. to the event, and they'll scan it and give you like a rare Pokemon or whatever. That that's that's their entire exactly. Like, that's how they do it. Gosh, but yeah, it's cool. Like all this kind of stuff doesn't really exist anymore because everything is very accessible now. So yeah. there isn't really a reason to go and do that anymore. Mm. Um, I yeah, mean, no, like, it's way better now, right? Obviously. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying it's worse. Like, I'm I'm not suggesting that. Yeah. It's more of like, you know, we're from a different time. Yeah, it's, just lo- it's like something we lost out, right? You know, like this idea of uh, having these phys- these physical things, these uh, you know, that was it. That was that was like your memories. That was your memories. That was your your gaming life. Your you know, it's that was it. Card. Yeah. But I mean, that was the nostalgia bite session for this week. There's not really much we can talk about about memory cards because that's pretty much it. That's what they were. Um, well, now they're just. Just a memory. Yeah, shut up, Ollie. Oh, God. <laughs> so, should we do a quick round of 20 questions before we go? One quick round. Uh, Yeah, go on, then. Because well, I've you got a game in mind. you got a game, a game in mind. mind. Oh, yeah, okay. I, do, I do, I do. All right, here we go. I'm getting ready. I'm getting into the prime trivia position. <sighs> okay. Did this game come out past the year 2000? Uh, Yes. Okay. Is this game part of the... Wait, hang on. Let me... Wait, hang on. It, it might be on the line, actually, this one. Let me just double-check the release date for this game. It was after 2000. Yes, it was. Okay. Is this game part of the GameCube era? Like, of games. So, GameCube, PS2, Xbox original. Yes. Okay. Is this game... So, I guess from that I can infer that it's a console game. Okay. Um... Was this game on multiple platforms? It is. I don't know if it was. It it, it might is have now. Been on multiple platforms. Is what you're saying. It it, ha- it has been on multiple platforms. I don't know if it was at the time of release. Okay. But it, it's known for being on more than one platform. So okay. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Is this game a Western game? No. So it is Japanese. Is. Is the game an RPG? No. Hmm. Is the game known for its story? Mm, no. 
Okay. Hmm. Is the game multiplayer? No, I don't think so. Okay. It's a single player game. Is this game does this game have an anime art style? Um Not really, no. Okay. Um does the... That's a hard question. Okay. okay. I, I, w I would say no, but you could argue also yes. Is this game 3D? Yes. Okay. Um... It's, a, it's a tricky one, I'll, I'll admit. Like This okay. is a okay. slightly obscure one. It's going to be another bloody Japanese PlayStation game, isn't it? Because I don't, and I'm not going to know it. You'll, you'll definitely know it. I know you know this game. Okay. You've talked about it before. Oh. Okay. Not in any, not in any kind of like specifics, but y you've mentioned it. Mm. Does this game no. involve robots? There are robots, but they wouldn't say it's the central focus of the game. Okay. So, ish. I mean, there are robots some at some points. Okay. Is the game? Does the game have an age rating of above 13? I would expect not. Like, I don't think it does at all. Okay, so it's probably like quite a childish game. Then. It looks childish. But is a but is a Eastern game. That's like... And it's not an RPG. No. Huh. Okay. This is gonna be difficult, isn't it? Is the main character human? Uh, no, no, no. He's not, or she's not. It, they not. They she? <laughs> he? No, it. he. He's not. He's not. Okay. Is it something? Is it something like? Katamari Damashi? Absolutely Katamari Damashi. Is it actually? <laughs> yes. Let's let's go. Let's Wow, go. you homed in on that one. Like you got there. Well let's done. go. So I couldn't remember if the if the prince is an alien, I think there was. Yeah, the prince is an yeah. alien, yeah. But you do know you do know the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this era, not an, not an RPG, has you didn't say it had an anime art style, but you said it was weird. And then you said it was like so I was like imagining okay, it's quite cartoony. And then you didn't say it was a human, so I just imagined the the green guy with the big head, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, all right, the prince, the prince yeah, yeah. And then you've got the king of cosmos, who is terrifying. Yes, big yeah. blue man. Yeah. All right, nice. I'm 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 happy that I got that. Good. Nice. Uh, I mean, with time not permitting, because we are, I think we're over time already. Yeah, we? we're we're we're, we're yeah. reaching an hour and ten minutes. So okay, well, we'll, we'll you can do a round of twenty questions next week yes. uh, for me. Yes. Um, can, but yeah, I guess we can wrap up here. We can wrap up. So, uh, I guess, yeah, this has been episode 34 of the Sunfire Tavern podcast. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. You can email us questions at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Uh, obviously, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, all your favorite listening services. Uh, you can follow us you know, under Sunfire Tavern. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern. And um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Clark, you got any other closing comments? Uh, no, just have a great week, everyone. Yeah, have a great week, everybody, and see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.